I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Veterans are who we are, what we talk about, who we fight for. This podcast sheds light on real issues facing our veterans. It informs the uninformed, it celebrates their triumphs, and it provides hope to those fighting a silent battle. This is Upholding Valor. Welcome. I'm Jill Atwood, Director of Communications for the VA Salt Lake City Healthcare System and your host for Upholding Valor. Today's topic is a touchy one and hard to talk about, but we need to. Sexual harassment and sexual assault happen during military life. It can happen to anyone, regardless of race, gender, age, ethnicity, or sexual orientation. Fortunately, VA is aware and can help those traumatized by what we call MST, or military sexual trauma. You can go from victim to survivor through specific programs and resources designed to help those affected come out on the other side. There is a community of support to help those willing to do the work and heal. Uh, Joining me right now is Dr. Amber Martinson. She is a psychologist here at VA and our MST coordinator. We also have Dr. Allison Conway. She is also a psychologist uh, with our PTSD clinical team, and she is in charge of the Woman Warrior Program. I love the sound of that. I can't wait to hear more about it. And then I have Lori, and Lori is a Marine Corps veteran, and she is an MST survivor. And I appreciate all of you ladies coming together to talk about this because I was mentioning before we started, before I started working for VA and I am a female veteran, I didn't realize how common MST really is. And the more we talk about it, the more we raise awareness, the more we destigmatize it, the better off our, our victims will, will be and, and they can move on and, and have a productive life. So a lot of people still wondering really what MST is specifically because I just kind of glossed over it. But Dr. Martinson, if you could touch on uh, what MST is, because I know there's many different facets from the from the gross sexual violence to, to maybe just um, sexual harassment on the other mm-hmm. side of the spectrum. Yeah, thank you for having me for one. I'm excited to be here to speak on behalf of Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And so, yeah, just like you were saying, military sexual trauma, or as VA likes to apply an acronym for everything, MST, really encapsulates a, a you know a variety of different types of you know events and behaviors. So that could be anything from sexual assault all the way through sexual harassment. And it could involve non-contact, it can involve contact, it could involve exposure, it can involve unwanted comments or, you know, things that are said about your body. It could be threats, it could be implied threats, and it doesn't even need to be repeated. Any of those kind of events do count as military sexual trauma. 
Um, I think the other thing important to know about MST as well is that it can happen for any gender. It can happen for any race, ethnicity, socioeconomic status. Um, it kind of happens across the board and doesn't really discriminate in that way either. And so in terms of, yeah, definition, it's a pretty broad one. And MST can impact men. I, I noticed mm-hmm. we, we talked about gender and you might not think of it in that way. And we do have men come forward to seek resources. Yeah. So, you know, most up-to-date research suggests that one in four women in the military experience MST, and the data for men we have is about one in 50. However, they predict that that's probably a gross underestimation and that people just are underreporting because of fear of, you know, some sort of just the connotation associated with it. So, um, but because of the large percentage of men that we see in the VA, about half of the people that I actually see are men just because of the proportion is different. Really? But yeah. CDC has also come out with reports as one in six men have experienced childhood sexual abuse. So we're suspecting that that number is much larger. So yes, this isn't a female or a woman problem. This is a human problem. Sure. Okay, Lori, I'm going to turn to you. Thank you so much for being here. And as I mentioned earlier, you can share whatever you think is important. But you are an MST survivor, so you are out on the other side. But that's right. But a long time ago in your military life you experienced some un- unfortunate things and it impacted you for, absolutely for a really, really long time. And and you didn't even know it was impacting you until that's you came to VA. So tell me a little of your story. Well, I definitely had some triggers over the years, but I just didn't realize what caused them. And when I the last few years I've thought more of the VA and I just never went there until this last year and it was the best thing I have done for myself in decades. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for everyone there and I I definitely feel better and I can recognize the things that happened to me and and came back in my life and, and affected me. So it's been very eye opening and, and it's it's been a it's been a, a journey. <laughs> sure. Talk to me about some of your symptoms or, or some of the things that you dealt with over the years that you mentioned you really didn't know that there was a problem. You just well kind of was so used to those feelings, I guess. That's right. Carrying it with you. Mm. Well, I don't have, it, this sounds funny, but I don't have a single allergy. And I was always actually allergic to polo cologne. And I thought, I don't know why I can be allergic to that one thing and nothing else. But I found out, you know, in the in the end, I, I had to take everything out of the box and examine it and, and deal with it and take those steps to be able to move forward and survive this. Mm-hmm. And what were those steps? How did the resources help? If, if there's a veteran listening and, and wondering what the first steps are or... I mean, it, it had to be challenging, too. So let's give them a real, right. real picture of what you went through on this journey. Well, the people at intake are very good. And I was lucky enough to talk to two different people there. And they are the ones that actually asked me a question. And I had not said anything to anybody ever about this. And he said, are you a victim of military sexual violence? And I just nodded my head and 
burst into tears, you know, and and uh, he closed the door and immediately called uh, a sexual trauma uh, advisor. And I from from then on, it was a uh, December 2019, and. I immediately got help and comfort and I mean this is you know right before Christmas and yeah. people were really working hard to make sure that I wasn't just you know out there in the wind and so I really felt like I had a lot of support. That's awesome. I'm going to turn to to Dr. Conway. So what type of support is Lori talking about? I mean, what types of of resources are available to someone who's maybe just fresh out of the military and realizing they need some help to someone like Lori who waited decades before realizing there was even a problem? Well, the good news is it doesn't matter if it happened recently or it happened 30, 40, 50 years ago. The treatments that we have are available to any veteran who experienced MST, and they work for any veteran who experienced MST. Um, we have a lot of resources in mental health. Uh, there's evidence-based treatments for PTSD, for depression, for anxiety, um, for interpersonal problems that can happen as a result of MST. Um, and then we also have a lot of treatments on the medical side because mm -hmm. military sexual trauma doesn't just affect your mental health. It also can have an impact on your physical health. Did you want to expand on that? Yeah, I was just going to say like MST in and of itself isn't a diagnosis. Sure. It's an experience. And so a lot of people can experience a wide array of different types of symptoms. So for, for a lot of people, it, it is PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder that's you know, sexual trauma is the leading cause of that disorder. And it could just be depression or it could be chronic pain, which I know Lori will talk about more in a minute. But yeah, like Dr. Conway was saying, it, it has a lot of physical effects. And I think that that's kind of, you know, under discussed a lot of times are the physical effects of, of sexual trauma long term down the road and in terms of just, yeah, more chronic pain symptoms, more GI symptoms, you know, a lot of other types of physical health effects that can happen. And so I think a, a good treatment plan involves not just treating the mental health side of things, but also the physical health side of things. And we got a lot of great programming that spans both those domains. Lori, did you want to touch a little bit on, on some of the programs that you went through? Did you experience chronic pain or any of the things that they're talking about on the medical side of things? Yes, I, um, I really... I got to talk to a couple psychologists, and I was given options of different things um, to I, I don't want prescriptions, I suppose, but also just the talking to somebody and and letting that person kind of get an idea of what you're experiencing. And they were so emphatic and and had a lot of empathy for me and I just felt like I wasn't the only one like that I think they treat everybody like that and it just meant a lot to me to be able to talk to people who I know were professional and could help me yeah and they cared I get the sense that you right. felt comfortable yes definitely so how has this treatment how has your life changed since coming to um, VA oh gosh oh my gosh mm -hmm. tremendously <laughs> um well, last year when I started writing my story, I ended up having severe pain in my hips, and, and I actually thought I was going to have to have a hip replacement, <laughs> but I didn't, and I had um, some other options there, but that pain was from my experience, and I felt like I had a lot of support. 
I really looked forward to meeting every week with people who had suffered something that was similar. And I know that with COVID, it's been really hard. But luckily, I, I got to meet a lot of people before that. And that made, made a big difference for me. Prior to treatment, had you been isolating? What, uh, what, what how, how was your life less than it is now? Well, I had a, a triggering moment, uh, October 2019, and that's when my husband was made aware that I was in a bad way, and it all had to came back to veterans and, and what had happened to me, and he was just a good supporting person, but I also realized that I needed some help, and I really had to go to the VA, and it just felt like the right thing to do, and if you are a veteran, the veterans are here for you. Veterans Affairs are here for you, and they want you to come in, and even if you just want to talk to somebody or, you know, tell them your story, you just, it's a huge service to veterans, and we deserve it, and we've earned it, and you really need to take advantage of it. Dr. Conway, how common is it for someone to wait or or not report or come to you sort of, I guess, at, at, the, at the end of their rope when they can't take it anymore? And, and the goal is, obviously, we, would, we don't want them to get to that point. Unfortunately, it is very common. Um, sexual trauma is not usually reported at the time that it happens for a lot of reasons. Um, fears that there would be retaliation, that it wouldn't be taken seriously, um, that something else could happen. And that carries over after people discharge from the military. And so it's, it's not uncommon for a veteran to not disclose that they experienced MST for years um, and still be accessing services at the VA. So we, we tend to get people who are at kind of the end of their rope and, and not knowing what else to do. Maybe they had a, a triggering event, something happened that made them realize that, that they really do need to seek care for this. What are we doing as VA and I guess as a society to raise awareness to this? And do we see anything getting better with with DOD and reporting? I mean, what do you, not that you would know all the answers to that, but what are you hearing and, and seeing? I think we still have a long way to go, and I think we're getting, we are getting better. I think the more that we talk about it, the more normal it gets, right? And so I think it's really important for podcasts like this to kind of shed light on it for there to be a sexual assault awareness month. I know that, um, you know, sexual assault awareness month or SAM, again, another VA acronym, SAM originated, it sounds like in the 1970s, but it wasn't really officially recognized until 2001. But again, just another piece of evidence that it's something that is being recognized. We, you know, we, we have definitely kind of put more emphasis on it as of late. Um, but again, we still have a far, far way to go. Okay. Yeah. So sexual assault awareness month is the entire month of April. So what can we look forward to in terms of, um, promotion activities? Um, I imagine, um, just talking about the resources that are available to Mm -hmm. folks like Lori. 
Yeah, so I think that's kind of the biggest message that we have today is that if you have experienced MST, there is a community of support available to you here at the VA. Um, like Dr. Conway was saying, we have a wonderful PTSD clinical team. She'll talk more about the, the Women's Warrior Renew program that's evidence-based. And if you're having physical effects like Lori was talking about, we have cognitive behavioral therapy for chronic pain. It's one of the leading you know, gold standards treatment for chronic pain and can reduce your symptoms as much as 75% or more. And so we do have a lot of wonderful treatments here with really highly qualified providers. I mean, it doesn't really get better than what we have here in Salt Lake City. I've been at several VAs across the country and, and we have some of the best providers I've ever met right here in our own city. Yes, I will I will give a plug for that. We are leading the way for sure when it comes to these services. Let's talk a little bit about the Women Warrior program because I know we've had it a while and it's and it's super cool. And I mean the deal is if you're a victim and you're suffering, it's not going to go away unless you do something about it reach out for help and talk. Okay, talk to me about this program. Yes, and we do know that if someone has been experiencing symptoms of PTSD for over a year, they're very unlikely to go away on their own without treatment. And as Dr. Martinson said, um, sexual trauma is the biggest cause of post-traumatic stress disorder. Service members are actually four times as likely to get PTSD from sexual trauma than from combat. Wow. Yeah. Um, but the Women Warrior Program, um, the, the main focus of that is an intensive outpatient group called Warrior Renew. Um, it's a 15-week program. It meets twice a week, and it's for any veteran who experienced military sexual trauma. I have done women-only cohorts. We've also done a couple LGBTQIA plus cohorts and one, one men's cohort. Um, and it's it's a group that really gets at the broad range of um, symptoms, issues that can come from sexual trauma, interpersonal problems, communication difficulties. MST is an experience that, that takes your voice. Um, it's silencing. And so learning how to assert yourself again um, is, is a really cool part of the program. Um, we also talk about meaning and purpose and joy. What, what do you want to add back to your life? Because trauma is about avoiding things. And if we're not avoiding anymore, then what are we adding? Um, and it's done in a group because it really gives that, that message that you're not alone, mm-hmm. um, that this does happen to other people. And all of the things that, that you have been doing to try to deal with it are, are not crazy. Um, they're normal responses to a very abnormal situation. Are you a graduate of this program? Yes, I am. Well, I'm a graduate of the pain and cognitive uh, exercises. Yeah, so gotcha. she's done cognitive behavioral therapy for chronic gotcha. pain, and, and she also attends the, the Women's Coping Skills Group, yes. which is another resource here, but hasn't had the privilege yet of I'm doing that I'm looking forward one. to that. Okay. I've kept her pretty busy. So. Okay, okay, good. Well, I want to hear back on how that program was for you, because it sounds amazing. I've actually sat in on a couple pl- classes when it first started, mm-hmm. and it's... Um, I mean, you can just tell the women are, are mm-hmm. bonding mm-hmm. And, and healing. And it was, it, I remember it being a very memorable experience for me. Um, okay, so Dr. Conway and Dr. Martinson, I want to ask the two of you how this impacts you working with this population and, and why you do it and, and what, what do you get out of it? Because it's got to be exhausting and exhilarating all at the same time. 
That's an interesting question. I'd have to think through that. I think what first comes to mind is that the most difficult things are usually the most worthwhile. And, you know, being able to sit with somebody who's gone through such an awful experience and then to be able to kind of witness their progress is is so reinforcing that it makes the hard stuff worth it, if that makes sense. I know Lori is is kind of very modest in, in her recovery story, and, and so I'll kind of brag on her a little bit. But, you know, a, a year ago, you know, she was pretty limited in her functioning. You know, her pain was pretty incredible. And to kind of see her sit here today um, in a chair, being able to tolerate that, she just went on a recent road trip and was able to help someone else out in a few states over. She's getting up earlier now. Um, she's cleaning her. Just these wonderful things. It's just you. so reinforcing. And it took a while. <laughs> it And, but she just is such a shining example of what hard work and what these evidence-based treatments can do together. And, and I think that's... As a psychologist, I mean, how could that not be what draws you in, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's why you do it. What about you, Allison? Yeah, I I will echo a lot of what Dr. Martinson said. Um, it is an honor and a, a privilege to be the person to hear some of these stories for the first time, the first time that someone has shared them, um, and and to see the change that takes place over the course of of therapy. Um, self-blame and guilt are really common among sexual trauma survivors and and when there's that shift and they start putting the blame where it's due um, it's it's a really rewarding moment Um, and and I just feel so lucky to get to work with women veterans and MST survivors. Okay let's talk about eligibility real quick so who is eligible and how did how do they get started who do who do they contact? So Um, basically anyone who's experienced MST, any treatment related to their MST care is free. So they don't get a copay for it and they are eligible for any, and not just mental health care, but any medical care that's deemed to be connected to their sexual trauma is also covered. And so I think just kind of contacting the VA, like Lori was saying, um, getting enrolled and then, you know, you can kind of coordinate things to your primary care provider. So that's kind of an an easy way that I usually tell a lot of patients. Uh, We have mental health providers, including myself, that are co-located and embedded within primary care. And so you just schedule a primary care appointment. And if you want to feel like you want to talk to somebody right then and there, we have people on call that can kind of come in and and get that all set up for you. I know there's also walk-in availability in Building 16. Maybe Dr. Conway can speak more to that. But Yeah, we always have a a clinician on staff available for walk-ins in building 16 the mental health building and we also do open intakes in the ptsd clinic on tuesdays um so that is another and is that is that 11 a.m yes it's a little different with covid now (laughs) oh okay Um, it's not not quite technically a walk-in clinic a virtual walk-in clinic um but if you walk in, they won't kick you out. They will not kick you out. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. No wrong door. <laughs> there is no, no wrong, wrong door. door policy. And so if, if, if it's something that you're even just remotely interested, just call and, and get scheduled. I think Lori is a prime example of, of just taking that first phone call was such a big step for her. It was huge. Yeah. And uh, you had your husband's support and that was big too. Yes. And Family support. He'd known that I'd gone through an attack, but he know, knew absolutely nothing else. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And he's actually been very surprised over the past year of, of how this has all led to me now. And uh, I, I feel a lot better now um, just getting the support. Um, and my husband is, is very supportive. So, 
And I bet you're closer now. Oh, yes. We are. <laughs> good. Good. I'm really happy for you. Well, like I was told, you know, don't put everything back in the box. You know, you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to look at it. And then you can put it away. And, and or you can, you're, you've dealt with it. You just need to deal with it. And the veterans are there to help you. The Veterans Association, um, they're there to help you. Well, I hope others take your lead. Any parting thoughts, ladies? I, I just want to, you know, say that it's not that you ever forget about the experience. It's not that you ever kind of, like Lori was saying, it, it doesn't just get put back in a box. We help you kind of process it in a way so that way it becomes less painful for you over time and that you're able to get your functioning back. You're able to get your voice back. You're able to, you know, not be as troubled by some of these symptoms that you've carried with you for so long. So yeah. again, the, the, the theme for 2021 for the SAM campaign is we believe you and we believe in you. And so we have that community support here when you're ready. Well said, ladies. Thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Amber Martinson, Dr. Allison Conway, and Lori, our Marine Corps veteran, our very brave Marine Corps veteran. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. And thanks for joining us today for Upholding Valor. Stay safe, take care of each other, and be kind. This is Jill Atwood. I am a VA employee, Army veteran, and veteran of Desert Storm, and this is very personal to me. There is no greater mission than to serve and fight for those who fought for us. Thanks for listening and thanks for caring. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe or rate us or better yet, tell a vet and tell a friend to tune in by texting veterans to 57500 or go to ksl360.com slash veterans. VA is honored to serve you. I'll talk to you next time.